Al Allen, your play-by-play guy for the Minnesota Vikings with analyst Pete Bursich, former player and coach. We call Vikings games on the KFAM Minnesota Vikings radio network, and we called a high-scoring <laughs> victory over the Arizona Cardinals at U.S. Bank Stadium today. It was so wild and so animated and crazy, I kind of lost my voice nearing the end of the game, but that that that's to be expected with how exciting some of these Vikings games are. Yeah, and, and Paul, you're you're absolutely right about that. It's they they get themselves they find a way to win, but we find a way also to keep it exciting. And the good, I mean, there's so many goods that came from this game. The two interceptions, one by Cam Bynum, one by Harrison Smith. Um, getting points off of those turnovers. Now we make the PAT, we get 14 points off turnovers, and this game is nowhere near as exciting toward the end as it is. Um, the running game. So it's, it's like these different areas um, have come in to help propel this team week in and week out. So that's why they're 6-1. and one. It's because, like today, the special teams unit coming up with another big turnover at the right time. And so it's that group, that, that special teams group, man, they're really, really doing a wonderful job. They're, they're not, I wouldn't say carrying the team, but they're executing brilliantly, haven't given up too many, any big returns. Um, and then the defense, I mean, Zadarius Smith is, is making, he's a difference maker. You know, talk about a free agent bringing him in. Uh, he's at eight and a half sacks right now. Mm. Just, an, you know, having an unbelievable season, fits the system. Um, Daniil Hunter, DJ Wanham, I mean, those guys are all getting after the passer. And the best part of today is they kept Kyler Murray in the pocket, right? They didn't let him escape. They let him escape outside a couple times, and we saw what he can do. He can pull that thing down, get out of bounds, fire the ball down the field. But they kept him in the pocket and made him a pocket passer. That's what got us the two interceptions. So the Minnesota Vikings beat Arizona 34-26. The Vikings are 6-1. and one. They have won five consecutive games for the first time since 2017. They have a stranglehold on first place in the NFC North. They are undefeated 4-0 and at home and hook Washington at FedEx Field next week. Now, between the lines with Gabe Henderson and Ben Liebers coming up shortly, then you will hear Kevin O'Connell, head coach of the Vikings, with his post-game press conference. Likewise for Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kirk, uh, when he threw his first touchdown today, he has thrown touchdowns in 37 consecutive games. That is seventh best in National Football League history. He passed former Vikings quarterback Brett Favre in doing so. He's one from Tony Romo, 38, 17 from Drew Brees at 54. Kirk, today, your thoughts? Well, I think you know Kirk did a, he did a, he did a nice job, especially early. Um, you know the opening of the game, not knowing exactly what the Cardinals were going to do defensively, they had a bit of a buy themselves, so they had some time. Um, you know, we were on the buy, so there was no new film. So they, the Cardinals had an extra couple days of game planning. Um, but taking what's available, pulling that thing down and running with the football um, early on, that first drive, that, his legs got us, you know, got us through that. Um, no interceptions. That's the other big thing. Um, the pet, you know, the completion percentage that still, that still continues to, 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 to hover in the, you know, not in the sixties, which I think that pass to KG Osborne that he overthrew, that was, that was a play that he normally makes, um, you know, and then he also had Justin Jefferson on a play that he could have pulled it down and ran it for the first down, um, but missed JJ. So, you know, a couple of those things, I think finally with cousins, 
when he can identify and know that a defense is going to blitz, he's able to put this team in a good position. And it's it's some of those plays where he's just not aware of what's going on and, and not aware necessarily that, that I'm going to need to get rid of this football quickly. And that's where the problems come into play. So, again, despite the 6-1 and one record, yeah. offensively, I think we could really – we really have some a lot of improvement that's there. And, you know, I – hope week in and week out they're going to continue to work on this and if this if this team can run the football as effectively as it did today dalvin averaging way over north of five yards per carry mm-hmm. that's that's gonna you know really propel this offense because arizona paul did everything in their power to keep cousins from bootlegging from rolling out yeah. that's why that middle of that defense was so wide open for the run the vikings ran for 173 now it's uh, by far the most uh, yardage for which they have run this year it's weird week two last year in arizona joseph miss misses a field goal try from 37 at the end or else the vikings would have won that by two points but in that game they ran for 177 and lost the game, but they kind of had it set up to win it with that Joseph field goal thing that he missed. And speaking of that, before we uh, start bringing in the luminaries, Greg Joseph missed a uh, field goal today from 56 yards. So he now has missed six in a row from 50-plus. And when the Vikings opened an eight-point lead late, it ended up being the final score, 34-26. Joseph missed an extra point off the left upright. That was a major, major miss. What do you do? Uh, well, you just... You know, he, he's he's your guy, right? There's It's not like these kickers are out there just waiting for a phone to ring. Um, you know, for Joseph, I, it, the, it, the, it's in his head. I mean, the, the, the field goal attempt right before halftime, he drove that football. I mean, he didn't, he, the, it hit the defensive lineman in the face. So it didn't get more than six feet off the ground, seven feet off the ground. I mean, it's, it, he has to just relax. Yeah. You know, I'd almost like to say treat it like an extra point, but obviously in that case it doesn't doesn't quite work out. Ow, but, um, you know, he's just got to get out of his own head and really take a real, real hard look at how he's kicking um, these 50-plus yarders. And, you know, like I said, even if it's short, it's, still, it's definitely not going to make it if it doesn't clear the defensive line. So at least get it up there to give yourself a chance. Post-game report. It's a podcast. Vikings beat the Birds. The Cardinals, 34-26. Uh, we're 6-1, and one and we're having fun. First place in the NFC North. Speaking of a couple of guys having a great time, Gabe Henderson from Vikings.com, Ben Lieber from the Vikings Radio Network, former linebacker for the squad. Here's Between the Lines. Welcome to a winning edition of Between the Lines, fueled by Gatorade. My name is Gabe Henderson. I'm alongside Ben Lieber. Ben, uh, the Vikings win today five in a row. 34 to 26. Feels pretty good. Feels pretty good. Feels pretty to, good. And the fact that it was more than three points or four points or five points, yeah. I'll take it. But if I had to explain this game, I would say it was kind of like a seesaw, right? Up yeah. and down, up and down. But it was fun. Yeah. For you, how would you define this win for the Vikings? I thought this was kind of stereotypical of what happens after a bye week. It's a little inconsistent. You okay. know, there are ups and downs, and we don't play the cleanest football sometimes because you just got to reset your pads. You've got to go through all the little things again. We had a lot more penalties than we normally have, you know, for our Vikings team. Um, but as the game went on, uh, obviously defense kind of bailed us out a little yeah. bit, you know, more more so than than the uh, the last few games. But bailed us out again. Um, you know, got to the quarterback a bunch. You know, had a bunch of takeaways. Yeah. So um, it was inconsistent, but kind of what you'd expect coming out of the bye. A little yeah. sloppy. 
to your point, uh, 10 penalties today for 75 yards. The Vikings averaged four penalties a game. So that was un-Vikings-like. And also the Vikings had the most rushing yards they had the entire season. Dalvin Cook, 111 rushing yards. He had a touchdown. Kirk Cousins looked like another number eight that wears purple in the NFL in that 17-yard touchdown run. And Alexander Madison, another touchdown run. This Vikings run game got going early. What did you see that propelled them to this strong start? Well, I think just a commitment to the run. Um, I think this is the first time all season long you look at the first half, we actually ran the ball more than we passed the ball. And, you know, I know that we talk about, oh, we got to be balanced on offense. And so many times you think, like, well, it's got to be – you look at the percentage, like, is it 50-50? It doesn't always have to be 50-50 to be balanced. But in this scenario, in this game, you know, we were much more heavily re- relying on the run. And I think that that really did – benefit as the game went on because there's always that threat of running the football you know when we couldn't pick up the blitz and we couldn't get things going on on third down sometimes you know we we knew that the next series we'd go back to run the football so there's a confidence built in when you can run the ball and it kind of takes as a defensive player it takes your soul a little bit when you don't feel like you have any answers to the run game so um i hope that going forward we see a lot more of this balance and commitment to the run game is that a mindset Sometimes it's a mindset. Okay. Sometimes it is just scheme. Sometimes, like, look, they, they, they might have some plays where they're just better than you. Okay. But um, when, you, when you have enough answers in the run game and you throw enough motion, you, you have enough plays, you have enough personnel, it's going to keep the defense on their heels for majority of the time. And so um, I love the way that our guys up front really pushed their defense alignment. Mm-hmm. You know, we were able to run in the A and B gaps in the inside part mm-hmm. of their defense and really kind of gash them. And, and again, you know, that takes a defense's soul when you go, you cut right to the heart of them. Well, you talk about A, B, C, D. Uh, I want to talk about Z. I want to get yeah. all the way to the end. Go of the all the way to the end, yeah. Zadarius Smith, he is a man amongst boys. And when he's healthy, there was nobody out there that could stop him. Two sacks today, a pass breakup, uh, effective in the run game. How does he make this defense better? Well, he's relentless. You know, and even when, when he went down with his little knee tweak, I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he's been you know so disruptive for us. You know, who are we going to find to replace him? But, um, you know, I think the fact that we can line him up from a, a multitude of different places, he's not just rushing off the left side or the right side. I thought one of the key things that Ed Donatel did this game was he was bringing him on an inside, on an inside track mm-hmm. early and often, not just on third down, mm-hmm. but even on second down type of plays where he said, all right, if we've got a running quarterback, we're going to take an athletic guy and we're going to knife him up into the middle of this offensive line. And that's going to, that's going to take away any sort of vertical uh, running lanes just by, by his presence. Um, now, that puts a little bit more stress on the guys on the outside because yeah. now they really have to contain. But I just like the switch up of using more athletic guys in the rush schemes, even on earlier downs, yeah. just to tell Kyler Murray, you're not going to be scrambling and running around right. all over this field this game. I mean, Kyler Murray only had 34 rushing yards today, which last year he had over 100. He had 400 passing yards against us. It was a tell of two games, and it seemed like this Vikings team figured it out, especially coming out of the half. The Vikings yeah. were outscored 33-6 to in the third quarter mm. going into this game. We scored 14 points today, man. How, <laughs> I know. <laughs> how exciting was that just to see us make those adjustments early on in the third quarter? Oh, after that first three and out in the third quarter, I'm like, oh, boy, <laughs> here we go again. It's the same thing here in the third quarter. But then, you know, we did figure it out, and, and thankfully. And that, that really was, you know, thankfully the – the turning point for this game you know those 14 points in the third quarter I think let them know that no if you feel like you've got an ounce of momentum yeah. we're going to take it right back yeah. from you and we're going to we're going to we're going to stomp on your on your necks a little bit so um you know look 
rush defense. I, I do want to make special mention of that. This is the fourth game in a row where our defense has held the opposing team to under 100 yards rushing. It was a it was a concern yep. at the start of the season. Yep. Our rush defense were like, oh my gosh, what's going on with this right. new three four? Like, can they stop the run? Four games in a row, yep. right? And you take away Kyler Murray's scrambling ability and all of his rushing yards, two point six yards by just the running backs alone. So it's crazy. Our, our run defense has been playing phenomenal the last four games. I got to ask you about that. What do you think has changed from you know the first five games until the last two when it comes to stopping the run effectively? Well, obviously the guys up front are doing a great job of of understanding. I think they're they're the scheme and the gap responsibilities. The linebackers are doing a much better job. They they look much more confident in knowing where to go and where to fit. Mm-hmm. You know, because we talk about run defense, we always want to focus on oh, it's just the, the defense alignment. No, it's yeah. it takes seven eight guys in the run box mm-hmm. to fill all those running lanes and to stop the run. So I just think collectively, guys are getting. They're getting more comfortable. I yeah. mean, we're, we're finally into, the, into this new 3-4 defense a handful of games, and now I think you're starting to see, like, okay, guys starting to relax a little bit more. They don't feel like they've got to press. They, they play their responsibilities knowing that they're guys that they can trust behind them to make the plays. Uh, that, that, that has really been official going forward, understanding that teams are going to have to, I guess, strategize or come up with a better scheme on trying to get the ball downhill and be effective against our defense because, you know, if you run the ball effectively, you can do whatever you want. If you yeah. don't, you can't, and yeah. clearly the, the Arizona Cardinals were having problems running the ball, which forced Kyler Murray to throw those two interceptions to our safeties. But I, I want to talk about two guys that play against, played against their former team today, Jordan Hicks, <laughs> Patrick Peterson. Yeah. I've said uh, earlier that these last two games have been Patrick Peterson's best football game of football in his career here as a Viking. How would you assess those two former Cardinals, now Vikings today? Well, Jordan's been phenomenal all season long. I mean, his, um, you know, I, I've, I've watched him on film. I kind of knew what his reputation was coming in here. But to see it live in action, the way he runs around, um, it just seems like he's he's always free. He always finds the right lane. He always takes the good angle to the ball. Uh, he's a tackling machine. Uh, and Pat P, <laughs> I mean, you know, you go back to the Miami game, phenomenal game that he had there. Uh, his he was all over the the passes today. You know, he was from from the jump. Mm-hmm. You saw him too. Yeah, yapping, first talking, play. Yeah. first play, yeah. talking to the Arizona side, <laughs> letting letting them know like, get hey. <laughs> Hey, I'm here. I'm yeah. going to play. I want to show you guys something yeah. um, that you guys let go in, in Arizona. Mm. And and I've been in those situations where you, before you play against your former team. It always does mean a little bit more. Yeah. But he was juiced up. He, he had a lot of energy. Again, he was going down the Vikings sideline when, when the offense is on the field, mm. hyping up the crowd, yeah. you know, letting the crowd know that he's, he's hyped, he's into it, he's present. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this version of Pat P. I love it. I love it. And I love this version of this Minnesota Vikings team. Not to mention, uh, JJ, JJ, Justin Jefferson had 98 receiving yards today. I didn't even know that. I was quietly. like, how? Quietly. Quietly. But it, it, it resulted in a win, and that's all that matters for this 6-1 Vikings team. Headed to the nation's capital, nation's capital to face the Washington Commanders next Sunday. For Ben Lieber, Ryan O'Neill, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you guys again for tuning into another edition of Between the Lines, fueled by Gatorade. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Kevin O'Connell in his first year coaching the Minnesota Vikings, six and one. His quarterback, Kirk Cousins, 24 at 36, 232. Kirk's completion percentage, 66 and a half. That's about where it's been all season. Uh, He threw two touchdowns and zero interceptions. I'm sure Kevin's going to talk about this running game. 29 runs, 173 yards, and three rushing touchdowns. Let's go to KOC and his postgame press conference. Just quick update uh, on some injuries. Uh, Phelan and Zadarius Smith both returned from being checked out for knee contusions. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson 
with a right calf. We'll send him for an MRI. Uh, pretty hopeful on that one. We'll just see the timeline. Uh, he's been so so big for us, contributor for us, um, that we you know we hope to have back as soon as possible. I'll keep you guys updated on that one. And then late there on the touchdown pass to KJ Osborne, Irv Smith got rolled up. He was kind of in a protection against an all-out protect er, pressure, and they got a little ankle there. We'll send him for the MRI as well, and I'll keep you guys updated there. But uh, just in summary, a uh, lot to kind of unpack from this football game. Coming out of the bye, um, we had a, a real mindset of wanting to run the football, uh, continue to establish the different types of core runs that we want to uh, you know, be features in our offense. Uh, very excited to give Dalvin Cook a game ball for his first 100-yard game long overdue. Um, just impactful, I thought. Dalvin was 135, 34 yards all-purpose. Could have had a little bit more all-purpose yards there. Didn't have great execution on that last screen call. Otherwise, I thought we might have been able to uh, make turn that one into an explosive. But I uh, thought Kirk played really efficient. Um, we were plus, turn, plus two turnover-wise, how we look at it, uh, including that punt, muffed punt in the special teams area. And then ultimately, um, to be able to be 5-5 five of five in the red zone and, and good enough on third down to, to control the ball enough, I, I still think... Uh, there's a lot of things that I can continue to improve on, as well as our team. And, and the best thing is those guys are the ones uh, talking like that in the locker room already. So um, once again, an incredible atmosphere uh, here at U.S. Bank Stadium. It is so special to get to play in this place in front of our great fans and just how much they impact the game every single week. We're very, very lucky to have this home environment that we do, and um, it's really equaled uh, some winning football for us here at home. But with that, uh, I'll open it up to you guys. Is the ability to win these close games, these tight games, is that the greatest strength of this team? I just think uh, we talk a lot about doing the little things right. Uh, we did have a high number of penalties today, I thought, but we were plus, you know, plus in the turnover margin again to continue to grow that number, which is our goal to do. Um, I think uh, when I look at it, there's always ways we can improve. There's always ways we can sustain and play better football throughout four quarters. Uh, but the feeling you get, um, on our sideline, in our locker room, no matter what uh, the circumstances are, I, I do feel like these guys believe in each other. They believe in what we're doing, and ultimately they believe that we're one play away from being where we want to be if the momentum maybe isn't on our side. Uh, and that's a proud feeling for a coach because uh, when you know these guys are feeling that, you know you have a chance to overcome a lot of the adversity that's out in front of us um, to where we want to get to. Kevin, how about that continued knack of coming up with those big plays when you have to? I mean, you mentioned the turnovers and Jordan Hicks stopped Huge. a few inches short, but you just have that continued knack to do that in games. I think our coaches are preparing our guys for those critical moments. Uh, that You mentioned the turnovers, both Cam Bynum and Harrison Smith getting those interceptions in the deep part of the field. Uh, I think it's huge for our team, uh, a great example of, of what our defense can be when our front is physical and slow down a good rushing attack with a real, a real weapon at the quarterback position um, to kind of hold them from really getting those explosive runs that they're accustomed to getting to kind of fuel their whole offense. Um, it allowed us to play a little bit more coverage, have a plan for Hopkins. He's a special player. And then obviously Pat P, I think three more pass defense for him. Uh, I think that's t 10 total for the season against his former team. Jordan Hicks, that play he mentioned. You can go on and on. I mean, we're going to just need to continue to make those timely winning plays. Um, and then throughout the game, how many of those can we make to maybe not always make it uh, so close in the end uh, playing complimentary football? Jordan Hicks talked a little bit in the locker room about how this team has come together so quickly and how that's an uncommon thing. And he attributed a lot of that to just guys knowing 
the, the overall plan and knowing what's supposed to happen from, from the top down. I guess from your perspective, how has that contributed to the start so far? Well, every, every single week uh, we talk to our team about what it's going to take to win the game. Real, you know, definitive things, not just coach speak. I don't stand up there. I mean, we talk about playing smart and limited penalties and situational masters and, and being, uh, you know, plus, plus two in the turnover is always our goal. Um, but it's more than that. It's, it's how are we going to win the game? What are the things that we've got to really focus on in all three phases to win the football game each and every week? And uh, when you do that to a smart football team that has great leadership, you'd be shocked at how much you see those things come to life. And then when you're able to highlight, hey, we talked about it, was going to take this, that, or the other, and then show them th this team doing that, um, it's great to win football games for your overall growth. But when you do it like that, I do think you can take some significant steps forward because it only improves your preparation if they know uh, that these are major things we got to do and we got to, you know, hit the nail on the head when we give them those uh, pieces of information. What were some of the things that you guys kind of highlighted this week, and which ones did you see come to fruition today? Yeah, we wanted to try to limit the run game on uh, some of those early downs defensively against their offense, so uh, we could allow the Russian coverage to work together. And then ultimately, when that Russian coverage happened, how could we contain? Um, Kyler, I have so much respect for the playmaker that he is uh, in the past game. I mean, there's multiple times where he's able to create off schedule. They got Hopkins back. They add Robbie Anderson. Zach Ertz has been a big time player in this game for a long time. So you really have to focus snap in and snap out without any kind of let up, uh, which I, I thought our guys did. And then offensively, we wanted to run the football. We want to run the football, get back to being efficient. I think we had 15, 10 plus yard plays today, um, some explosive runs, which were nice. And then uh, ultimately, you know, the situational finishing with points against a team like that is really, really important. So the 5-5 five of five in the red zone was huge. How special is Zadarius' ability to play both outside and dominate inside? Yeah, it's huge because it's really hard to have a protection plan for a guy that can be in any one of five spots up front. Uh, we can use him to manipulate the protection call if we want. We could use him to try to isolate somebody in protection if we want. And then how does everybody else play off of that, linebackers included? Uh, saw 33 Brian, uh, Brian in there a little bit just to continue to allow our athletes to kind of show up in some of those downs, especially against a quarterback like that. So uh, I, I can't t speak enough. Zadarius clearly a game ball again. Uh, the three sacks right before that last uh, play he made, I, I went over and asked him, and I said, hey, I need one more. And he goes out and gets it, and he was the first one to tell me about it. Kevin, you guys have been really healthy this year, you know, when you look at, you know, inactives and guys not start. Do you attribute that to anything, and, and, and do you pay attention to that much? Because you haven't had a lot of missed starters or missed, uh, missed games. Yeah, I don't really pay attention to any... Uh, any of the other 31 teams, I know we all go through our own challenges out there. Um, it's a it's a grueling uh, schedule week in and week out in this league, trying to get your team turned over. But what I will tell you is I'm very, very confident um, in how we prepared our team coming into the season with really no stone unturned of how and why we did the things that we did. Um, and then ultimately the players taking it. And it's only so much to lay out a plan. Uh, for players unless, you know, there's that buy-in and understanding of their own role and their own personal health and in uh, their preparation week in and week out. It's much, much more than X's and O's. We've got an unbelievable sports performance staff, strength staff, um, just the resources that we get uh, from our ownership in our great building here at home. We feel like, um, you know, we can accomplish a lot and, and prevent a lot at the same time. Now, injuries are going to happen. Uh, that's just the NFL, and, and, and we just try to do what we can control 
you know, on our standards and, and, and by living up to our standards with what we do for these players and how they respond with what they do to prepare every week. You talked about something. I know that's a long answer, but I'm very proud of what our building and what our guys have been able to do. You talked about some of the plays today by Peterson and Hicks. Did you see kind of an extra oomph for anything? They're going against their former teams and, and, and that sort of thing? I did. Uh, both Jordan and Patrick, um, I think today meant uh, they all mean a lot, but I, I could feel it um, from both those guys. And it got a little chippy out there at times between, you know, their side and ours, and, and those are two of our leaders. I mean, obviously Patrick Peterson is, is one of our captains, but Jordan Hicks is um, a former captain of that football team over there. So when you wear a C for uh, any team in this league, you, you know, that carries a lot of uh, weight as far as both with your teammates and, and with maybe your former teammates. So I think it meant a lot to him to play well. He did, made that great tackle on fourth down, and Pat P, like I said, continues to show up. Really proud of those guys. They both got game balls as well. What do you think worked well for you guys in the red zone today going 5-5 five five down there? The first rushing touchdown being our quarterback, he's talked a lot about, you know, when people don't account for the quarterback, just what can he be as that kind of sixth eligible to go get us what he can. And he was just trying to steal a first down and found himself in the end zone. Unbelievably huge play on our first drive to go get that touchdown. We're able to get a couple other rushing touchdowns, kind of not needing to get all the way down to the one-yard line. i got to continue to have trust that we can run it in and be physical down there. And then two touchdown passes where one of which we got big and, and uh, you know, the illusion of a run and, and found somebody pretty open again. And then third down, tight coverage, all-out pressure. Kirk makes a great protection call. K.J. Osborne in that moment uh, making a huge play that those that, you know, came out to training camp and those that have seen us in some of these games – um, they've seen that concept before. Uh, our opponents probably seen it before, but that level of execution is what was the secret to making that go at that moment when we had to have it. Talk about the, the illusion. How satisfying is it when you maybe lean on previous looks that you've shown in other games and use this motion, just various kind of deceptiveness to set up those those scores in the red zone? Yeah, it's huge. That's what Mary in the run in the pass is all about. It, it, that Those mantras and those philosophies uh, matter in situational football, especially uh, when you are a team that wants to, you know, be diverse in the red zone and apply a lot of different types of pressure to the defense. And but when that field shrinks, um, some of the illusion can kind of be hard to come by sometimes if you don't have the ability to run it or protect in the pass game. And, and that five of five is a credit to all of those guys. And really, when I think back on any times we've had lapses in the red zone, um, it's really been by our own doing, in my opinion. Uh, and I, I think that's really serves us well moving forward to know the types of things we can activate down there. What did you think of JJ's catching traffic on third down? Yeah, it was huge. Um, we were kind of just seeing how they were playing on third down. Uh, clearly had a, a plan uh, to ha play with great leverage, tough leverage for him. So that defender um, is in a, a form of man coverage on him, but will stand about a half yard to a yard outside and not let him outside. Why? Because there's somebody coming to join the party, and, and he sees that a lot. Uh, and so what he did was he, he, he was able to kind of uh, not worry about fighting to win the leverage. I'm just going to be in attack mode. And what I loved was Kirk's willingness to put that ball up at that moment to, you know, our best player when we had to have it. And, and he made an unbelievable catch right there. Uh, but I give Kirk a lot of credit. And, the, and, and when we can hold up and give Kirk time, uh, he's proven to make those throws for us. You, you mentioned winning plays. Are there some parameters you set for winning plays? Or do you just say if a guy wins, you know, beats his opponent? No, it's what it is. It's, it's, it's the winning plays in critical moments that we look at. It's not always, you know, the fourth quarter or the end of the ha first half, end of the second half. Uh, sometimes it could be a winning play in my mind is when your quarterback scrambles for a touchdown. 
against kind of a single high man look where they're not accounting for him. That's a winning play in my mind. Jordan Hicks, it won't go in the stat sheet as a turnover, uh, but that tackle a half yard short, uh, being where he needs to be at that moment to make that play, winning play. Um, and then special teams, obviously, uh, accounting for that, uh, you know, that extra turnover there with the, uh, with the fumble recovery by Troy Dye. Um, those guys have been huge for us. We'll continue to search for those plays as much as possible, but um, I'm really proud of our team, proud of our fans. Uh, another unbelievable experience here at U.S. Bank. Uh, good for us, really hard for our opponent, and we're hoping to have that each and every time we get to play here. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Kevin. First year head coach, uh, yet to go to overtime, and you know we 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 still we you know we frequently talk about like new three four defense, new offense, um, and and so on. Just things are new and evolving. Well, Kevin's a new head coach. I mean, he's called plays in the NFL before, but never as a head coach. And we're approaching the midway point of the season, you know. And 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 we've talked about it before, Pete. Is I don't exactly know how to quantify it, but it comes back to the head coach, man. This team doesn't panic, no. and and they're organized late in games. They don't panic, you know. They'll take bad. They'll take penalties that that are obviously you don't want to take penalties, but they'll take some bad penalties at the ends of games, giving teams a chance perhaps they shouldn't have. But they still don't panic, man. And I think that's a credit to KOC. I, I think it is too, and I think it's a it's also a credit to some of the veterans that we have, and especially you know again Zedarius Smith on defense. Um, I think offensively, Dalvin Cook is still the heart and soul of this offense. His attitude, um, his you know, and and he and Madison today, Alexander Madison played very very well. Uh, the blocking was very very good. So that running back room, they're they're kind of doing everything that they need to do. But you're right, Paul. It's it's just as simple as an attitude. Where when you have a team that's typically lost close games. When the game does get close, you have the lead, it evaporates. The difference is just simple. I remember back in 98 when we were 15-1, and one, when things weren't going our way, it was always who's going to step up and make the big play? Who's it going to be this week? Somebody's going to do it, but who's it going to be? As opposed to thinking, well, here we go again. And that subtle difference in mindset, I think, is, what propell- is what's propelling this team. They... You look at last year and the number of games we lost, Paul, in, you know, by a field goal or less. I mean, I think we set a record. It was almost – I think it was double digits in the games that we lost by less than by, – by one score or less. Yep, very to late. Turn, to turn that attitude around like that, um, you know, and you didn't turn over the whole roster, but you turned that attitude around completely. And that's a credit to, to Kevin O'Connell and the coaching staff. He, he has them believing. And there, there's no question about that. Cam Dantzler led the Vikings in tackles. He had nine. Zadarius Smith had three sacks and four tackles for loss. Harrison Phillips had his first full sack as a member of the Minnesota Vikings. Harrison Smith and Cam Bynum, it's the safety dance. Both safeties picked off Kyler Murray. Cam Dantzler into the game was third on the team in tackles, and he had nine today. And uh, they were all solo tackles, too, so good for Cam and uh, good for Kirk Cousins. Uh, He had 24 completions today, which gives him 3,000 completions in his career. Here's what Kirk had to say after the game. Great to be 6-1. Great to be winning at home. Um, When you look at kind of the tail of the game today, I think it's been similar to our other wins where it really has been the whole team needing a play from special teams, needing – turnovers from the defense, needing the offense to show up and score. 
Um, you know, it's been complimentary football is the way we've been winning. And uh, I think creating turnovers, our defense and our special teams creating turnovers made a big difference. I believe after we fumbled, holding them to a field goal was a crucial play in the game, um, a crucial moment. Um, and then to be five for five in the red zone, which I think largely goes back to running the football well, you know, having second and, and five or six and being able to just pound, pound the ball in um, really helps with the red zone efficiency. Um, stayed in really manageable third downs in the first half, which helped a lot. Um, you know, and uh, there's still so much we can do better. Um, you know, there's ways to stay on the field, really, is what I look at, you know, on third down um, when we're punting. You know, some of those plays that if you can, you know, find a, uh, a way to improve in those moments, then we can stay on the field and, and prolong drives and, and would prefer to pull away when we get a lead. But it's hard to pull away in this league, I'm learning. You know, all these games seem to come down to the final drive. And no matter how hard you try, it's, it's difficult to pull away. Um, but um, great to get Dalvin going. Great to see what Alex can do. And, um, you know, we'll just keep, keep going from here. But uh, take any questions, yeah. How about, I mean, you talked a couple weeks ago about defensive coordinators probably need to look for you to potentially run. <laughs> just your thoughts on yeah. using your legs today, especially on the TD. Yeah, man coverage, and honestly, we had a great play for man coverage. They defended it really well. I was surprised at their ability to to take it away, and then I kind of was like, I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta move, and um, was still looking to throw it. Was still when I went on the move, was still looking to throw it, but um, didn't feel we had anybody, and then just kind of took off. And usually the cavalry gets there a lot faster, <laughs> but on that one, for some reason, I was able to get to the front pylon, and uh, I had no idea how much it means to the old lineman when I run. They said it was. It was, it was just a big deal to them. I didn't realize that. I, if I had known that, maybe I'd run more. So uh, it, it, for some reason, they really liked it. How would they express their like of it? They, um, Garrett, I think, said it was the greatest thing he's ever seen in the locker room after the game, which I thought was a bit of hyperbole, but uh, maybe not. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're right there in the end zone, just their reaction. They just were, for some reason, really happy, really proud of it. <laughs> It seems like one of the other key plays was the third down to Justin, to where he kind of won the jump ball there. Yeah. Uh, but how did you see that play develop and just trusting him to, to go yeah. when he was maybe covered up at the time? Yeah, he was covered. I mean, when I let that ball go, I'm thinking to myself, is this the right decision, you know, to give him this chance? Because if it ends up being another punt, you're kind of like, ah, I should have just progressed. What am I doing? But um, what one of the traits that makes Justin special is when the ball goes up in the air, he plays in such a way where he says, that's my football. Um, he's not six foot five, 250 pounds, like you think a guy has to be to do, have that mindset. But he plays big. And so um, when that ball goes up to him, he tends to take the approach of, that's my football. And I told him that right after he caught it. It was a big time play by a big time player in a big time moment. And um, um, you know we'll need more of those go up, up ahead. Is that, has that trust developed over time? Would you have made that throw a few years ago um, when you, know, you hadn't kind of I think, I think I'll never forget playing the Titans week three, 2020, when he caught a go ball that was a little underthrown, same kind of approach. That's my ball. I'm going to get it. And that was kind of the first time I said, okay, this guy's pretty good. We hit on this first round pick. <laughs> you know, this guy is, is going to be a good player. Um, but yeah, certainly there's this mindset of, you know, how much more can we do that? How many more times can we put the ball in his general direction and let him go get it? Um, but you don't want to be throwing a bunch of incompletions and just throwing it up for grabs. And so there's an efficiency standard there that you want to meet. But um, he, I told him, I said, you keep putting that on tape, you know, you, you, you earn the right to get more of those. Perfect.
how do you kind of work through that thought process of the tension between I want to give my guy a chance and I want to take care of the ball if the yeah. turnover numbers have been low and you've done a really good job of that. How do you kind of work through that in your own head as you go through the process there? Yeah, I think that's been my life now for the last eight years playing in this league is that tension and trying to figure it out, trying to learn every year you play, you get a little better. And you, The key is you're critical. The key is you you say, okay, that wasn't good enough, and let me correct. And if you overcorrect, you say, let me go back the other way. And so you're never like saying, oh, I've got to figure it out. You're always trying to course correct and get better. And um, there's another one that I looked at him, and uh, actually I was the one where we fumbled. Um, he had a basic route, and the linebacker was inside leverage, and I was trying to stay with him because I'm like, man, the middle's wide open if he can get past this linebacker. But the guy was so far inside him. And I checked it down to Irv, but couldn't get the ball to him. I was starting to throw it to Irv, and, and they got my arm hit. And I go to look at the, the tablet picture, and Justin separated. And so I just said to him, hey, man, um, just keep putting that on tape. Because when you do that, when you set a guy like that who's way inside of you and you still went inside, um, I see that, and then I'm able to know, hey, next time, stay with him. So, um, and again, pocket's got to hold up, but, um, um, you know, he can do that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, we're one one week at a time. Uh, I kind of like it this way. Uh, you know, I I don't need anybody to talk about us. We're good. Uh, there's a lot of football left, and uh, you all know. I know playing this league, being around this league, it's week to week, and you just got to keep earning your way. And the difference between six and one and, and one and six is uh, is pretty pretty thin. So uh, you just got to keep finding ways to win and keep moving forward. Kirk Peterson uh, was pretty fired up yeah. all, all week. Yeah. Was that, that contagious, that kind of energy, the defense, you think, and the rest of the team? Yeah, he was bringing the energy. And if anything, I was nervous he was a little too fired up. You know, or you, you sometimes I know in this game, you know, you have to have the emotion, but you also have to have the focus. And uh, uh, he did a tremendous job of, you know, playing with passion, but not letting it go too far. And uh, He's a pro, you know, you expect that, and uh, just did a phenomenal job today. And Jordan Hicks as well. Um, we're so fortunate to have gotten Jordan in free agency. I mean, he checks every box as a person, as a leader, as a player, as a teammate. He just checks every box. And so you're like, man, how did, how did we, this guy become a free agent? You know, what a, what a gift that we were able to get him. Um, love having him on our team. Here's the revenge game idea. Like, I know it gets used a lot in the media. I don't know how often players actually feel those emotions towards their old team. I don't know if you did, you know, or Will with Washington or whatever. But uh, is that typically a real thing in the locker room, or is this a rare, you know, situation where two players seem to be genuinely at a higher level emotionally because they were playing the team they used to play for? I, I just sensed a little extra from Pat this week and, and today, really today more than anything. Um, that's probably what stood out. Otherwise, I would say no. It's it's you know. Be for you this week. You know, I haven't even gotten there yet. I'm still trying to come down from this one. But uh, um, I think for me, it'll be important to uh, you know not even go there and just kind of focus on the job and kind of be um, just very surgical about what I'm doing. Harrison there talked about like recognizing the impact of Darius would make the day he walked in. Um, what do you remember about just recognizing his impact early on. Yeah, I remember meeting him in the cafeteria the day I came up for a physical in March, and uh, and he was coming in to visit and to likely sign. And just being able to say hello to him, you could feel his presence, his energy. Um, it's a guy who's made a lot of plays in this league, and usually those guys don't get to leave a building. And so the fact that we, you know, he, had, he was able to leave the building he was in and become available uh, was a great opportunity for us. And, you know, I'm, I'm watching the game on the sidelines when the defense on the field just like you guys are. And, 
I just feel him. You know, I feel him. I feel his, his effect on the game and the way he can condense the pocket and the energy he plays with. And, um, and that's what you want from people who are rushing the passer. Kirk, uh, I think it was 54th career game for Johnny Munt. It's his first. Yeah, that's what he told me right after it. Yeah. Yeah. What's it like for a guy that's, you know, kind of done a lot of the dirty work to, to catch the touchdown finally? And, what was the key to that? Yeah, it's just tremendous. Uh, first of all, that's really good design by our coaches to create a play like that where you can – and they did it really two weeks in a row because Miami was very similar with a play down there with a play action where the, the tight end is able to sneak through for a touchdown. <clears throat> so i got to give the coach a lot of credit for coming up with that. And then he came over to me after he scored and on the bench and said, that's my first career regular season touchdown. And uh, I don't know if he was emphasizing he had scored in the preseason or what, or the playoffs, but he said, that's my first regular season touchdown. So I said – I said, that's tremendous, and uh, um, he is doing so many things for us. He wears a lot of hats. The, the tight end position does in general, uh, pass protection, route running, uh, blocking in the run game. Um, and so you know, to see him get a touchdown is, is outstanding. Kirk, Pat was kind of talking in the locker room about appreciating this kind of an opportunity and haven't been on many teams that are 6-1 and one at this right. point. How do you balance, I guess, the the week to week nature of it, and looking around and saying this is something that this kind of a win streak, this kind of a, a culture, is maybe something that you get every day? I think you uh, you focus on going one and zero each week, and whatever happens, you take that same approach to next week. Try to go one and zero. You don't look ahead. You don't look back. Um, I I do know that uh, you enjoy it more. I think works a little more fun when you're winning. You know the practices have a little more juice. Just it's the way you are as a human emotionally. I think talking to you guys is a little less difficult, you know, when we're winning. It's more difficult when you're losing. So I, I do think that everything becomes a little more wind at your back, um, and uh, and that's why you want to keep winning. You talked uh, two weeks ago in Miami about this kind of being the reverse of last season when you were losing all these close games. I mean, what do you think the difference is? You know, it's why a great question, Chris. It's a question I've asked myself. How are we suddenly finding the inches? I knew we needed to, looking at last season. I thought we were a really good football team last year. We just couldn't find the inches in too many games. Why we found them now, I don't know. I don't know. I think, like I said at the beginning, team, winning, it, it has to be a, a lot of different areas to find those inches. It's special teams. It's defense. It's turnovers. It's um, you know, run game, pass game. A lot of different people contributing, I think. And, and so it's hard to, uh, to know where those inches are coming from, but we have been finding them. Kirk, you mentioned getting Dalvin going <clears throat> early on. What is it like for this offense, or what does it mean when you get yeah. established like that? Yeah, you get uh, uh, shorter third downs, which are then more convertible third downs. Um, you know, you, you kind of put yourself in an advantageous position when you can hand the ball off and, and then create uh, second and short, third and short, or not even go to third down at all. And then obviously in the red zone, you really put yourself in position to uh, to have a higher percentage of scoring when you don't have to wait till a third down to you know throw it into a tight window and you can just uh, you know pound the rock. <clears throat> okay, thank you. Way to go, eight goes against his former team next week, uh, the Washington Commanders. First time he'll take on Washington at FedEx Field. Ron Johnson, former game-changing receiver for the Golden Gophers football team, he's part of the Vikings Entertainment Network. And um, following each game, we have three takes with RJ. Thanks, PA. Well, this is Ron Johnson coming to you from the KFN studios. And today's game has been a microcosm of what the season's been. The Vikings keep finding ways to win close games. You take that Eagles game out of there, and every single game has been efficient. It's come down to a key play, a key moment. And today's key moment is early in the game, in my opinion. 
the Kirk Cousins 17-yard scramble for a touchdown. Why was that important? One, Kirk Cousins told Kevin O'Connell, do not count me out. Don't count me out of situations because guys are not going to account for me. You're going to account for Kyler Murray. They're not going to account for Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins showed that. He got not only the first down with his legs, but he got the touchdown, which helped the Vikings become 5-5 five and five for red zone efficiency today. Coming into this game, they were really good in the red zone, 26% uh, per, uh, scoring first downs or touchdowns in the red zone, which was fifth in the NFL. Today they went 5-5 five for five in the red zone, but Kirk Cousins scramble. That was the longest run by a quarterback. And going up against Kyler Murray – you would assume Kyler Murray would account for the longest run by a quarterback on the day, but nope, it was the Vikings' Kirk Cousins. My second takeaway, Dalvin Cook finally cracked 100 yards, 111 yards. They had 173 rushing yards against the six best run defense in the NFL. The, the Arizona Cardinals were not giving up a ton on, on the ground. They were Teams were only averaging 101.1 yards per game this season. They have not given up big games like this, but the Vikings found a way to get 173 yards on the ground. And Dalvin Cook, again, another breakout day for him. Finally breaking the 100-yard mark, 111 yards. When that happens, it's not everybody can eat. So today's day was Dalvin Cook's. Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson had quiet days, but very efficient, still had catches. Justin Jefferson was two yards away from a 100-yard game. My third takeaway has to go to the defense. The defense, they, they, they bend, but they don't break. But Zadarius Smith, I got to start with him, three sacks on the day, paid homage to Jared Allen with the calf and rope after his sack. The first one, the next couple, did the, 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 the every day Zadarius Smith celebration, but the calf roping, that was a huge uh, tip of the cap to Jared Allen, who went into the purple ring of honor today, who came out on the horse. And so for Zadarius Smith to get the sack and to do the calf rope, that was an awesome, awesome moment to see. The fans loved it. And then the interceptions by Harrison Smith and Cam Bynum. Two safeties back there playing off of each other. Great conversation, great communication, but what you're seeing is not only did he have to get rid of the ball because he was so worried about the pass rush, but these guys are making plays, stepping up, and always back there being the ball hawks. I personally thought Zadarius Smith could have had a four-sack game. I mean, there was instances where they were fingertips away from sacking Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray just showed how good of a quarterback he is getting out the pocket. But that's it, the defense. Zadarius Smith, three sacks. Harrison Smith and Cam Bynum with the interceptions. The defense did their job. Yes, it was a close one. Yes, it came down to some last-minute plays by the offense having to run the clock out. And then the defense at the end of the game as well, closing out the game defensively, finally closing it out, did not come down to a last heroic throw or anything by the Cardinals. The defense closed the game out as well. It was close, but it doesn't matter. The Vikings are 6-1, and one, and that's all everybody cares about. Back to you guys at the stadium. 6-1. and one. Washington, I mean, it's a different team than Arizona, different team than Miami, New Orleans, Chicago, Detroit, and so on. Uh, a winnable game, but, I mean, uh, that uh, you're a former player and coach. The last thing, having won five in a row, six and one, uh, stranglehold on the NFC North, is you don't want your players heading back there being like, ah, you right. know, Washington's terrible, who's Taylor Heineke, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, I, you know, I don't, think, I don't think the players will do that as much. I think the the, the – what needs to be done is that whatever it is that got you to where you are now to continue that, to continue that intensity in practice, 
to continue that attention to detail, to not let the little things slip. And that's the beginning of it, right? That, that, that's what happens if you start winning. You know, you might meet a little bit less, right? You might uh, practice without pads on a little bit more. You might have a little bit of a shorter practice. You may not get the reps. You may not stay as late watching film. All those little bitty things are what is, is what's, what's going to keep this team winning, and they have to be committed to doing those things. And if they do, I mean, again, Paul, this team is good enough where if one phase of the game is slipping, there's always another one there to pick them up. And it's that complementary style of football. The points off of turnovers today – that was an area of improvement that, that really job. needed to happen. We got those today. And if that trend continues, this is going to be a different second. It's, it's, it's as if we're, we're, we're getting there in some areas and then we're slipping another area. But once this team puts it all together um, and hope, you know, they're going to have to do it, they're going to have to figure it out pretty quickly. You're going to go out to the East Coast, play Washington. It's a tough place to play. That FedEx field is huge. Head back out you know, to the East then, after that to play Buffalo. And then you go out there and play Buffalo, the number one team in offense, number one team in defense. I mean, they're, and they're playing the Packers tonight. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's – we'll find out. We're going to find out what this team's made of. And I think with those kind of games on the horizon, the near horizon – these guys are going to continue going about their business the way they are. Great job, my brother. Thank you, Paul. Yep, thank you. That's Pete Bursich, analyst, Vikings Radio Network, former player and coach for the Vikings. You know, it's interesting to note, at least in my opinion, Pete Bursich called his first game on KFAN of the Vikings Radio Network when the Atlanta Falcons were at Metrodome in 2007. Vikings won the game. Adrian Peterson with a, uh, with a swing pass. His first touchdown ever was a receiving touchdown, if you can believe that. And Ben Lieber, also an analyst for the Vikings Radio Network, he had three tackles in that game against the Falcons. Why does any of that matter? Because we just witnessed a game today featuring Cardinals kicker Matt Prater, who made his NFL debut in that game a loss for the Atlanta Falcons. The more things change, the more they stay the same. It's just the ways and means become rearranged, and that means your Minnesota Vikings took the circuitous route once again to the winner's circle, but they got the money for a fifth consecutive time undefeated at home, first place in the NFC North, final score 34-26, and I'm Paul Allen. Thank you for listening to the postgame report. Let's go into the locker room, and here's a celebratory head coach, KOC. Let me just tell you something real quick. First of all, I'm getting pretty damn used to coming back in this home locker room with this same old feeling. Give it up for yourself. Not one time in this game did I feel like that we weren't in control as a team, confident in the next play, relying on the other side of the ball to set the momentum and tone for the other. All right, that right there is how we're going to win a lot of football games as we continue to just clean up the execution. Lord knows I got to get better for us snap in and snap out. You guys feel the same way. That's the best part about this whole thing is we're an ascending football team. There are two players in this locker room that once had a C on their chest for that team over there. And both of them made huge plays and led us all day. Let's go, Fanny on three. One, two, three. Bam! Bam!